It's time to live out your faith in the business arena. It's time to explore biblical wisdom for business success. It's time to connect with kingdom leaders in the trenches. Inspiring interviews, timely conversations, and more. It's time for the Nourish the Dream podcast. David Johnson here. Dean Burnside here. And we're excited that you're here. Uh, Again. Dean, we had a great show last week. I enjoyed that uh, very much. Um, We were talking recently on an episode of the podcast about pastors and TV evangelists. I don't know how I got off on pastors and TV evangelists. It's it's. It happens. It, I, I don't, it can happen. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think it's really important that we that we do clarify a couple of things about Indeed. about these these people that are so important in the kingdom of God that we love that we do love. And, and, and you know, I, I was uh, Dean, I was I was invited to speak uh, as part of a panel uh, discussion in a in a group full of pastors. And most of them married couples that are pastoring churches and all over the country, right? And so we're gathered in this in this room, and and a good friend of mine, his name is Rich Carey, uh, shout out to Rich, invited me to be a part of this panel. And so we're 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 talking uh, about this, you know, the idea that that this Nourish the Dream podcast is all about the kingdom of God expressed in business, right? Mm-hmm. And and so there were a couple of really great questions, and we'll talk about one of them in a minute. But the, the one question that came up from one of the pastors, very heartfelt. What can we as pastors do to better serve business people? Business people who and and, and the question was coming because a lot of the discussion in this panel was about again what we talk about here, you know, kingdom right. business, you know, stuff like people like you know who, who are really seeing their business as a calling. And I'm doing this to serve God and I'm and I'm bringing the kingdom of God to bear and expanding the kingdom through through the business. Right. So the discussion was pretty interesting, but it, it, it dawns on me, it occurs to me that some of the frustration that you and I feel and others who are business people feel sometimes towards some pastors is that a lot of times they just don't get us, <laughs> right? And let's face it, it's easy to be frustrated at people who don't get you, okay? All right, it's, not, it's, <laughs> right, an, easy, right. it's an easy target. And I, I also get the sense, however, that there are a lot of pastors out there who, who are just mystified by us. What do these? What makes these people tick? How do they work? How do they operate? And if I even wanted to serve them effectively, how, where do I start? Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's easy for us as the as the business people to kind of poke fun at the pastors that don't get us and don't serve people like us very well, be, be, just because they don't understand us. But I tell you what, I have seen some pastors who do get it. Sure. And, uh, and when I say they get it, I mean, they recognize that you as a believer in business have a calling that the, the idea that you produce value, that you create value, that you provide service, that you serve people. Jesus said, if anyone among you wants to be great, let him become your servant. Right. Right. And so pastors of all people understand servanthood. Oh yeah. Right. They understand the need for it. And so if you're in, and you're in a service business, Dean, I'm in a service business. We serve people. That's what we do. Right. And you know what? We're not going to be great <laughs> if we don't serve them well. Right. So, and that's part of the laboratory discussion we recently had. So, they don't understand necessarily 
So there, there are some. What I, what I was saying, I, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. We were talking about pastors who get it. So the pastors who get it, they understand that we're in business to serve, and they they can recognize that that is a godly thing that we're doing. And yes, we're creating value, and that value employs people. It puts them to work. It gives them opportunity. It raises them out of poverty, perhaps. It it gives them a chance to use their God given giftings and callings, right. you know, in service of a higher calling, such as the kingdom. Sure. Right. So, and, and creates a revenue stream for the church support uh, through the profits of the business owners who hopefully are giving a portion of that to their local church, bring the the money into the storehouse, right? Where, where you're being fed, you should be supporting the the feeders. So, so and, 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 and it's easy, again, to sort of see the pastors who are a little short-sighted and they see the business people, you know, um, I've been in churches where this happened. Hmm. The only time the pastor calls, right, not to check on you, see how your business is going, uh, not to say, how can we serve you or, you know, what can we do to bless you and, and to, to make your business grow? But, um, listen, we have this new initiative that we've started, right? Building program. It's a new missions outreach. It's a community. It's the building. It's whatever, right? And 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 a lot of, and let's face it, that happens. There are, there are churches where that's the only time the business owner ever hears from the pastor, hmm. right? Is because there's a, there's a fundraising thing going on. Right. Right. And, um, and so again, you know, that's the sort of the business people are the cash cows, right? They're the people who produce a lot. And, and by the way, I'm not talking today to pastors who merely want more business people so they can have more cash. (laughs) That's not who I'm talking to today. I'm talking to the pastors who are saying, I want to understand how do we serve you better? Hmm. So, so Dean, I mean, you know, Clear blue sky, pastor walks up to you and says to you, what do we do to be more effective at making you effective? First of all, what do you, how does that make you feel? What do you, what do you say to that? Well, my first, you know, impression of that is I'm excited for the question, you know, because I want to be led by a pastor who is an equipper. I want to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Uh, I consider my work my ministry, so just right straight from you know <laughs> red letter text in the in God's <laughs> word, uh, I, I want my pastor to equip me to do the work of the ministry. So thanks for asking, Pastor. Here's some things that would be practical for me to hear from God's word through your mouth uh, to help me do that, and and actually. Um, engage in in some sort of a series of teaching or uh, have a small group that teaches that uh, separately from from the pulpit on Sunday morning uh, but w- whatever uh, venue we we choose to do that in I <laughs> how can you help me serve my team better I, I'm a, a leader of a team as well like very similar to him leading the the fly I'm I'm the head pastor at Good news, pest solutions, multi-denominational church. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm in the same position that he is uh, on Monday morning that he is on Sunday morning. I, I'm preaching to the team uh, and and equipping them to go out and do the work of our ministry to our customers. I'm teaching them how to serve our customers with excellence every day. So how can he teach me to lead them better? Uh, so topics of discipleship would be uh, germane to, to that. How can I better disciple? Uh, equipping in itself, how can I better equip those that, that are serving our customers? Those types of topics would be uh, 
very welcome to hear from the pulpit and or in another venue. So isn't it true, though, in, in what you're saying, isn't it true also that 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 there needs to be a, a perspective about you that sees you as that leader? Absolutely. That sees me as a co-pastor, right? A co-minister of the gospel uh, with a high calling like theirs, literally just like theirs, not yeah. a, a step below theirs, but as a peer, uh, peer pastor. Right. Uh, we, th- that perspective has has been few and far between of pastors that I've met. And I think that on that note, it's easy... Look, it bears out in Scripture, right? So if the pastor that we're talking about today doesn't yet have that perspective and mm-hmm. does in fact see, listen, maybe there is a hierarchy of, of callings that, you know, is laid out. And, and a lot let's say a lot of, um, you know, seminaries and, and theological schools of thought have taught that idea, right? Of course. So, so, but if you want to go back to the Scriptures and go back to the New Testament and see how the early church operated— you're going to find what we're saying here right. in the Word. You're going to see it in the book of Acts. Right. You're going to see a guy by the name of Saul who, after he you know, fell off his horse and, 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 and went blind and, and all that other stuff, came back to uh, his, his sense of calling, re- recognizing that you know, the very God that he was zealously trying to serve by killing Christians mm. wanted him instead to you know, actually minister to them and start churches and and all of this other stuff, you see him flounder in his effectiveness through the book of Acts from chapter nine, where he falls off the horse, right? Mm. Right up until about chapter 18, I think it is, Mm. where suddenly he becomes effective. What was it that changed? What happened to, to, to Saul, who became Paul, who suddenly became an effective minister of the gospel? It was when he set up shop with Priscilla and Aquila, hmm. all of a sudden his ministry took off. There you go. When he opened his business. His tent-making business. That's right. You're going to find examples like, that's just one, but you're going to find examples like that in Scripture where you're going to see that the value and the influence and the leadership that mm-hmm. you're talking about, Dean, uh, that that a business owner, an entrepreneur, can bring to bear on society is a high calling. Absolutely, and um, I think more and more pastors are getting that. I think uh, David, so. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I just got a letter recently from a, a, a local pastor, um, a church that one of one or two of my employees actually attend regularly. Oh, okay. That literally just said, "Hey, Dean, want you to know we're praying for Good News Pest Solutions. Mm. You're you're on our heart and mind. We appreciate what you do for our community, and we're praying for you uh, for." Success in in your mission. Success Thank you. <laughs> financially, the whole the whole gamut. We're we're praying that God blesses you. Thank you for what you do for our community. And uh, honestly, <laughs> I about fell out of my seat reading it because <laughs> yeah. it was so unusual. Right. Uh, so there are some out there that get it. Sure. You know. Sure. Um. And and I certainly appreciated that and and contacted him immediately and thanked him and and just. Uh, went on and on about how much I appreciated that kind of support. You know, so so you're you're talking about some very simple things. You're talking about number one having having the ability to for them to walk up to you and 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 actually ask, <laughs> you know, how can I serve you? Right. right. That would be a huge thing you could do for your business people. If you're a pastor listening to this, 
And by the way, if you're a business owner and your pastor um, uh, might be asking some of these questions, by golly, shoot them a link to this podcast, man. Let's <laughs> yeah. like, because listen, we're on the same team. You right. know, I, I think some pastors get nervous about business people because once they mm. do recognize that they're influential, right? You're an influential person. You have resources at your disposal mm. because you have, you know, the business and profits and, you know, and, and money. You could be seen as a threat. And there may be some some pastors who, who who think that way, and so I think there's a mutual thing that has to happen, right? We as believers have to have to be able to sit across from a table, uh, across from each other at a table, and say, "Look, pastor, I recognize that what you're doing is significant, right? Right? As an equipper, you're equipping the saints for the work of ministry, and right. I value that, right? Right? And that's authentic and that's real, right? right? And I want to see that happen, and I do want to support." what you do as a pastor sure. to, to bring the kingdom of God and the influence of the kingdom to bear on our, on our community. Right. Sure. So there's that side of it. On the flip side, the pastors need to be able to say, okay, listen, I am going to uh, pray for you. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to say to you, thank you for what you're doing. And, and, and not just for the checks that you, that you send in, but for the, the work that you're doing to influence believers and, and, and future believers in your business and in your, in your sphere of influence. Well, we certainly in our business have the opportunity sometimes when we're in a customer's home, if we're sharing the good news with them while doing their pest control service, it's not unusual to have somebody say, well, where do you go to church? Right. Uh, And the person who's serving them at the time might say, well, I go to this church right down the street. Right. Oh, that's the church that sent me the letter, by the way. You know, I mean, so exactly, we do have a vehicle to invite people to um, be ministered to by that church community. And so in that regard, we are hand-in-glove fit. I mean, we're, we're not a threat in any way. If, if anything, we're, we're a potential feeder source <laughs> by referring. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about referring business to one another all the time. Hey, Hello. hey, we did such a good job for you. Would you refer your, your neighbor to us? You know, well, boy, the church is doing such a good job. Uh, we'd like to refer our customer to come there. Right? So, so Dean, you're making a really significant point here because years ago I worked in in a mall in retail in a Christian bookstore, right? Uh, Christian retail. We sold music, gifts, books, you know, the whole gamut, mm-hmm. right? We we were a, actually a really strong business, mm-hmm. but because we were in a mall, we got any and all kinds of traffic, and we had a name that was um, it it like your business. The name of this business would resonate with a believer, but might not turn away somebody that was not a believer. They, okay. they might not have caught on that this is a Christian store. In fact, it looked like a gift shop because we've put our, all of our gifts front and center right. to, to draw people in. I mean, this, this, sure, is, sure. this is this is we gift look shop. like a gift shop. You yep. can buy your ca- greeting cards and your gifts and your other stuff, and 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 so we we saw that as a tremendous opportunity to minister to people. And one of the things that we did, we made it our business to know the pastors in town. Hmm. We made it our business to know the types of churches, how they believed, how they worshiped, what style of music, et cetera, et cetera. So that when someone asked about, and it happened all the time. Hey, do you know any good churches? And and, and we just moved here. Yeah. And we would ask them about their background. Well, tell me about, you know, what's your faith background? You know, how long have you been a believer? What kind of, you know, what are you looking for? And, what and, flavor do you like? Exactly. And we would, and, and believe me, there are, there are good ones in this flavor and there are some that are not so good in this flavor. And mm. we knew that, mm. right? We made it our business to know that. Mm. And uh, we would refer them to the pastors, especially the ones who got it. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, that's a it, it, hearing your strategy for drawing people in and not offending those with something so overt as Christian bookstore here. Right. Um, leads me to uh, another thought in our business, David, that um, might be helpful for some others to hear too. And just to think through the process, you know, we're uh, we call ourselves a full-time for-profit Christian ministry operating as a pest control company called Good News Pest Solutions. Exactly. Well, um, in in our culture today, in our television ad that's that's on right now, uh, we we say the phrase "sharing God's good news while solving your pest problems with green solutions." Why don't we play the ad? Let's let's let people hear it. Okay, great. Okay, here we go. After 24 years, Macy's, the green leader in pest control, is changing our name to Good News Pest Solutions. Why? Mainly because our mission is now our name, sharing God's good news while solving your pest problems with green solutions. Same owner, same great team, same mission and values, and the same great service. Only the name has changed. Well, got to go spread more good news. Oh, anyway, I, I just can't get that whistle out of my mind. I'm it, in Mayberry. It's Mayberry, RFD. There you go. Andy Griffith. Here we go. Um, <laughs> we have um, been researching the next creative for the next ad. You yeah, know, by, where by where do way, we go with this? We always perk up at our house. We hear the whistle. We go, hey, it's me. He's on TV. Yeah, I know there. that guy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But we, we're ready for a new one. And the uh, the creative director... Asked me a very valid question just this morning. He said, you know, you risk the potential to turn off some people before they would even contact you to possibly provide service for them by, by being that overt with your message in your advertising. The other thing that's really cool about what you do that's a niche is why people would want to do business is because you're green, because you're using environmentally safe products and, and you care for your, your, the health and safety of your people. Which, by the way, Genesis chapter one. There you go. You got to take care of the earth. I mean, it's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a marketing ploy. It's not just a gimmick for you. That was our calling, right? That was why we went green in twenty in two thousand six. Yeah. So wow. God, Eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. God said, "Hey, we, I created this earth. I created you to live on the earth. I created all the trees and birds and all the insects, and take good care of it. Be a good steward of the environment I've given you. And so I, I believe when I stand before him one day, he's going to ask, how'd you do with that? Wow. <laughs> and, and I want to hear, you know, well done. You did, you did well. So that, that motivated us to, to go green. So that's an important message to get out there in our advertising, right? And it's very appealing. I mean, I, 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 mean, I mean, listen, if you got a choice. Wide appeal. Right. Yeah. If, if, if you could... If you could Get rid of your termites or your, you know, in Florida, we have the cockroaches and the, you know, the other you know, rodents and other stuff. Yeah, if you can get rid of them without poisoning all the water supply and killing the fish or whatever, I mean, uh, yeah, right. or, or, or the other things that happen. Extremely you know? wide appeal would, sure. would turn off very few, right? Agreed. Then, then we say sharing God's good news while doing that could turn some people off. So his point to me, he asked me this question, and I think it's valid for this, this podcast, is... Maybe we should pull back a little on the upfront message of the God's good news. Earn the right to be in their home providing a green service. And then once they're your customer, present them the opportunities with the good news. Present your materials, present your magazine, present your literally your track, uh, four point outline of how to <laughs> accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, but 
capture them first and then earn the right to present the gospel. So he's not saying hide the fact that you're believers. I mean, listen, if they go to goodnewspestsolutions.com, they're going to see the mission statement. You bet. They're go- it's very clear what the good news is, you know, that you're referring specifically to in right. the name. But what he's saying is not necessarily, you know, hide it, but just lead in your advertising, in your right. promotion with the message about being green and 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 don't push the the gospel piece of the of the message to the forefront in the ads until they're your customer similar to what you did in the in the bookstore we put all our gifts up front it just looked like a gift shop yeah. we got them into the gift shop we got them into we did it's providing no, green that's, that's service exactly what we did and yeah. then when they asked hey do you know a good church we had the answer hey there's something different about you guys what is it oh well it's Absolutely. It's the good news. Yeah. It's made a difference in our lives. So, so I, and, and then on the other hand, I know that there will be people, <laughs> even people listening to this podcast who will say, listen, man, if you compromise your faith just for a buck, hmm. right? You're just, you're, you know, you're pushing the gospel. I, you know, I, years ago, I, I was... Um, Do you think I'm weaning out by doing I, that? Is I, that what I, you're well, saying? some people might. I'm not suggesting that that's my perspective, mind you. I'm just saying that there will be those, right? It's like I, I heard a Christian artist who was a, a member of a, at the time, very uh, prominent Christian band. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Amy Grant because, you know, Amy Grant crossed over. Oh, and, did she? Oh, yeah. Well, and and you know, this was we're going back a ways. This is back when I was in Christian radio. So, I mean, you know, 1986, Amy Grant releases the Unguarded album, and it was oh. for sale at all of the record stores, not just the Christian ones. And you know, she's out there doing an air guitar on the album cover, and man, it's hard to find a mention of Jesus anywhere in the lyrics, right? Right. Which wasn't fair, frankly. Because they were the mentions were there, but nevertheless, and the, and this artist who will re, re, remain, remain nameless, nameless, thank you, I can say that, said, you know, the problem with people who cross over is they don't take the crossover with them, hmm. right? And so, it's the it's the million dollar question, right? Do you gain the right to speak into their lives first, hmm. or do you come in trumpets blaring, <laughs> you know? Bible banging on the table, announcing, hey, by the way, we're believers, and so you should be too, right? Well, again, when he challenged me with the question this morning, it, it, it really did cause me to think, uh, I, I need to evaluate that. And I don't have a sense that if we do pull back, if, if we choose his suggested strategy, get them in with why they should do business with you because you're green, and then earn the right to share the gospel. Um, I, I don't feel personally that I'm compromising my faith by doing that. I don't feel like I'm weaning out. I don't right. feel like I'm all of a sudden I'm covert because our name is good news. I mean, the people that that get it anyway, the the quote subtle reference to the gospel, or not so subtle, <laughs> depending on how you look mind, at it, right? Yeah, uh, they're they're going to connect anyway. Sure, but but there's not a disconnect. For those people who would be turned off by that being the the upfront message. So, so I what, here's what I like about this conversation, Dean. First of all, I think in our audience there are people who are going to fall on both sides and everywhere in between of this <laughs> of this conversation. And we want to hear from you. So, we, I right. mean, you know, we want you to go to nourishadream.com, click on this podcast. There's a place for you to comment. Let's hear from you. I mean, right. what do you think? Because I'm leaning right now toward. Going with the less overt on the front end, earning the right to introduce them so, on, as they're a customer, 
But if if somebody has a suggestion of why I shouldn't do that, I'd love to know it. So, so will you make a decision know. based on the vote? If we if we if we put it out to Ooh. vote to our audience. <laughs> hey, we could do that. Uh, so what do you think? So we need to hear from you. I mean, should Dean go uh, subtle or should he go obvious? How about that? We got subtle and obvious. All right, and 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 we would you know, we really do want to hear from Dean. We're not going to hold you to the you know whatever the audience happens to be. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Oh, you through the audience, the God, through the audience. <laughs> He can use their he voice. He can use the audience. Hey, you might be the... Think about this. As a listener to this podcast, you might be the person used by God to communicate to Dean how this decision should be made. So, But in all seriousness, we do want to, we do want to hear from you. But you know, there's a, there's a, 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 a fun thing happening right now on, on Yelp. Hmm. I'm going to bring up your Yelp review. Okay. Okay, because if you Google Good News Pest Solutions today, at least from here in Florida, when I, where we sit, there is a single Yelp review on your business, and it's a one-star review. Okay? Yes, yes. And the review has nothing to do with the quality of your service. Nothing. <laughs> it has nothing to do with whether you guys did what you said you would do. Nothing. Uh, it has nothing to do with whether your pricing is fair. Nothing. Uh, it has nothing to do with the merits of your business whatsoever. Mm-mm. The one Yelp review is these people started shoving their religion down my throat. I know I'm not quoting. I don't I'm not reading it right now. But it's something along those lines and therefore, you know, do business with somebody. I got choices and I'm going to go I'm going to take my business elsewhere. And that's your single one-star Yelp review. Their their materials had all kinds of Christian stuff in it and I mean he got it. I mean there was no <laughs> doubt that this person understood that we were overtly we were a full-time for-profit Christian ministry operating as a pest control Absolutely. company. Absolutely. He announces it to the rest of the Yelp world. These guys are legitimately a Christian company. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of amused by it. I, I, I'm I, not sure whether to thank him or to, or to like say, oops, sorry. <laughs> and you know, and you've, you've reached out to the guy, I think. If <laughs> right. I, if I, but you know, I just think it's kind of amusing. You know? And I, I like you. I think that the, you know, if somebody Googles your, your company name after seeing your television ad, they find the Yelp review. If they're a believer, they're going, you know what? I, I'm going to go <laughs> do business with these, these guys. are legit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I guess the, the one takeaway from that is that it is not subtle. I mean, if right. they do business with you, they're going to know. It, it was one of the most validating uh, <laughs> commentaries ever that uh, we're on mission. Yeah. And so, like I said, I didn't know whether to thank him or, or apologize. <laughs> or be upset about the one star, right? <laughs> right. I, I just, yeah, I, so anyway, that's kind of an amusing uh, amusing aside. But, you know, I, I think that um, – that that you're in you're in an interesting situation, and I think a lot of believers can identify because you know at what level does your faith impact mm. how you present your business, whether it's an ad or your name or your slogan or your your you know what's on your business card, you know I I, I kind of go ahead I, I liken it to back to pastors and churches David being ministries how many churches have you seen on their sign in the last five years removed the word of their denomination. How many churches have now become XYZ Community Church that used to be XYZ Denomination Church? And I mean, they're they're going subtle, right? And, I mean, and, and, and the upfront advertising. Let's get them in the door because they don't know it's a Baptist church, right? And once they or get in, hostile. I mean, God forbid ooh, we tell them that. <laughs> well, once they get in, they're yeah. going to figure it out, right? So I I see churches using the very similar strategy that my you know, cable uh, <laughs> advertiser suggested to me this morning. Hey, let's let's take the denomination off the front sign. 
Let's get them in the door first without offending and then present the gospel. I, I see churches doing virtually the same thing. I, in fact, I, I would go so far to say a lot of them are even dropped the word church. Oh, many. Now we're just, you know... Fellowship. The shore or the... <laughs> the bridge. The, or the gap or the... I don't know. I mean, the, the river. Uh, we, got, we, right. got, we got all sorts of, you know, fun... Creative, d- cool yeah. marketing names. Well... Wow. Are they just marketing Jesus? Are they selling wow. their religion? Are they, wow. you know, is that what this is about? Or is it at the end of the day about influence? Right. And, you know, I would argue that at the end of the day... If we're going to impact culture, right? What is a person who disciples? He has to be somebody influential, right? Jesus or said, she. "I'm calling you to be fishers of men," right? So, what do what kind of bait do fish are they attracted to? Well, clearly, it changes, right? They bite on whatever the fisherman says they should bite on. <laughs> clearly, clearly, it's the fisherman's job to tell the fish what they should be interested in. Don't you think? No. I mean, that doesn't really work, does <laughs> no. it? I mean, you know. No. Well, and, and this- no, but what my point is, of course, that you <laughs> you bait the hook with what's attracting the fish. Hello. Right? And it might take a few tries. And back to the Christian music thing and Amy Grant particularly crossing over. Right. You know, guess what? She had a wide appeal to people who would never listen to the CCM channel on their dial, but they listen to country music and suddenly... Amy's on on that dial. Yeah. Um, so, particularly with youth at that time, I was very involved with uh, teenagers, and and boy, when Christian music kind of went rock, <laughs> yeah, versus organ and and uh, you know or quartets and quartets. You know, the Gaithers, yeah, four part yeah. harmony. Right. Uh, you know when it when it became rock music on the Christian station. Guess what? My kids started listening to it. Yeah. Listen, and, I, and speaking of the Gaithers, I, you know, I, I'm not inclined to pick on them. They launched some of the most influential Christian rock bands. Absolutely. You know, uh, with their record label and with their with their right. direct input. So, uh, you know. So we're just talking about using the right bait to catch fish, and I and I think that the advertising message of our company for churches, uh, for for others that are listening to this podcast is. Let's let's attract the fish because Jesus did call us to be fishers of men, right? So we um, we risk in this culture offending more and more. I, I believe there's more and more lines being drawn in the sand between dark and light. Uh, I, I think we're m- more observant of it in culture than than I've ever been, and. Um, there are more and more name calling. There's more and more branding. Sure. There's more and more. Well, you're one of those. I don't want to do business with, or I don't want to be a friend with, or I don't want to attend church at. Um, so I, I think the subtlety in some of the upfront advertising is effective as as bait to catch more fish. And so you know, there are lots of ways to look at this, and this is why I think you know it 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 bears discussion. I, right. I I really think that that we've got to think these things through, and I I believe that there are probably other business owners facing decisions like this. You know, I mentioned that panel discussion that I was part of. One of the questions that came up from the audience, and I believe this was a pastor who said, uh, "Hey, you know, in our in our city, we we own a few rental homes. We own some properties that we make available for rent." And um, we had an unmarried couple ask us, you know, want want to rent our our place, and and you know, here's a 
godly man and his wife that you know they've got uh, they've got rental properties and they don't want to condone the lifestyle of the, the the people you know should we rent them the house or not oh boy here we go right so now this is not i mean it, it's a similar question to, to to yours similar um except that now you're giving them a place to engage in their behavior that you don't agree with right so you know should you provide that for them or not mm. and so there was i was part of this panel and there was a long pause as you know the question <laughs> and nobody pregnant wanted, pause exactly i mean it was you could feel the room kind of go oh boy <laughs> you know what's gonna happen and of course i'm you know being shy and quiet right, and, right, and right. you know wanting to you know i reached for the mic and i just i said three words i said take their money <laughs> you know and it, perfect and of course that kind of broke the ice in the room because yeah. because i was partly being facetious i mean you know my point was very much like yours listen they're just going to go rent somebody else's house right okay they're going to rent somewhere you're in business in in the rental business you're in business to rent the house out right. you know it's and that's how you that's how you gain revenues and if they go down the street thinking that couple turned us away because we're not married. Mm. What influence do you have with them? <laughs> you just negatively influence them and probably never have the opportunity to turn that around to a positive. And if you did it while bashing them up the head with the Bible and saying, <laughs> you know, right. by the way, you're going to burn for this behavior of yours, you didn't just influence them negatively. You may have, in fact, mm. uh, inoculated them against the gospel. Right. <laughs> right. Right, because now their defenses are up. Whereas if you go ahead and take their money <laughs> and rent gonna, to them, yeah. you have a possibility of influencing them in the future. Right? You're going to see them. You're going to hear from them. You're going to you're every, gonna, every month. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> you know. And and if there's something goes wrong, you're going to take care of it. You're going to demonstrate. They're going to see who you are. Hmm. So you now have a chance to love your neighbor. Yeah. So I spoke hmm. up, obviously, and there was some. You know, once I did, uh, I think other people felt a little more comfortable. Well, that guy just put himself out there, so now I can say whatever. And and God bless her, Crystal Langdon, who is one of the people who speaks at our Nourish a Dream event. Mm. Uh, from time to time was sitting next to me at the panel. I didn't know her yet. I mean, we had just met. And she's a financial advisor from New York, from Albany, New York. And so she's on the panel and, and she's one of these marketplace kingdom believers like I am, right? Mm -hmm. So this is, we were, this is why we're there. And, and so she waited until kind of the discussion died down and she reached for the microphone and just very gently said, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, I genuinely want him to like me. She's pointing, I'm sitting next to her. She's kind of pointing at me, but I got to tell you, I do not agree. Mm. And, and she went into a very heartfelt discussion of how that right. lifestyle, the, the, the tragedy that could be occurring in their lives and their woundedness and all. I mean, she, I mean, it was right. very, very heartfelt. Right. And I got to tell you, the argument had tremendous merit. Right. You know? Well, and I hope we'll get some feedback today from the podcast, from the Baptist pastors who will argue vehemently why we want the word Baptist on our front sign. We want everybody to know we're a Southern Baptist church, and that we hope that attracts them. That's why they want to come here, because they want to be one of those. Yeah. And AG and you know all the others. Or, or that, the others, right. You know, let's hear the other side of the argument of, of the baiting for fish. Uh, we're all on the same team, like we said. We're, we're all trying to build the kingdom together here. 
let's all do it more effectively, but let's get some discussion going about Absolutely. that. Because there yeah. are two sides of this coin. And, and, you know, ultimately, there was a really great discussion that took place when Crystal said what she did. Sure. And, and I got to tell you, I had great respect for her willingness to just jump out there and say, you know what? I don't agree. And uh, she did it very, uh, in, a, in a loving way. And it was, you know, it was respectful. Right. Um, and, and ultimately, I think, you know, uh, what we settled on with that discussion that day was you, you got to do what's in your heart to do. You got to, you got to do what's, what's in your conscience. But, um, I have great respect for Crystal and she's spoken at our events and, 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 uh, and so, you know what, there are lots of these kinds of questions that come up though, when you're a believer saying my faith impacts my business, my business is here to expand the kingdom. This is what we're about. You're going to face decisions like this. Right. And you're not always going to get, um, untainted advice. Right. And not always get consensus either. Exactly. I mean, you know, I'm still expecting God to speak through somebody on this podcast to tell me what to do. But, All right. you know. Listen, you heard it here. It's up to you. It's up to you. You have to speak up if God's giving you Dean's answer or if you just have an opinion, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Dean, this has been a great discussion. I appreciate Thanks. you taking the time today. And it's always fun being with you here on the Nourish the Dream podcast. I'd certainly appreciate the opportunity, David. This has been great. Yeah. And those of you listening, it's always fun having you here. We want you to comment. Go to nourishthedream.com. Click on the podcast and uh, find this episode. We want to hear your thoughts about what Dean should do in his ads. Uh, It'll be fun to see what you have to say. All right. All right. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for listening to the Nourish the Dream podcast. Subscribe via iTunes, get email updates, and find archived episodes at nourishthedream.com. Like Nurse the Dream on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay connected to strategic fuel for your dream. This has been a production of Nourish the Dream.